Hello, food world. It's Robert Crutchfield, your favorite foodie thing fr friend with Crutchfield Cooks, here with another episode of Crutchfield Cooks, the podcast. Today, we're turning our attention to nutrition, and we're going to be joined by Denver's own Katie Day, who's going to give our her. It's going to give us rather her unique perspective on how we can all eat better. And believe it or not, have more fun at the same time. Here comes Katie. There we go. The rest of the world has joined us. So, Yay, uh, hello. Why don't we get started? Have you introduce yourself, explain a little bit about your experience, your credentials, and so forth, <laughs> and then we'll get into the meat of it. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, my name is Katie Day. I am a in in well, I guess to put it, I'm a health coach for women. I've been an educator for 16 years, actually. I've taught third grade for 16 years, but now I've transitioned into teaching adults how to live a healthy life. So I have my health coaching license and credentials. So I, you know, I'm focused on helping especially women live a healthy lifestyle through their diet, exercise, stress management, all modifiable things that they could do with their lifestyle. I'm also a mom. I have yeah. kids. So I, you know, spend a lot of time cooking, a lot of time dealing with food. So I kind of have a well-rounded background with this. Sure. Absolutely. And that's kind of what I want to get into it. Obviously, as a food blog, the thing we're most interested in is the food aspect of it. Yeah. But over the next 25 minutes or so, one part of what I want to get into is the approach you have, which is a much more holistic approach. Yeah. Even when it comes to things like dieting, you get a lot more into the attitude you have. And, well, you tell it because it's, it's your philosophy. Yeah. So, I mean, food is at the center of everything. It's at the center of our health, how we feel. But it's not, it's such a complicated issue because there's so much conflicting information around it. There's also a large emotional component to it. I know we're recording this now right before the holidays. Well, people have a lot of traditions around food. So it's a really complicated issue that I'm passionate about bringing, making it simple, yet accessible to everyone. So and I think with the way our society is just a faster paced society than it's ever been, people are relying more and more on convenient foods, cooking less at home. So it's it's really tricky kind of learning what you need to do to eat healthy, but that's a realistic way to do. As I said before, I'm a mom. I have two kids who are picky and active. So I always trying to find ways to have healthy foods that are easy to prepare and that my kids and I will actually eat. Yeah, I think that's a big key to it. I was going to ask you, among other things, might as well do it now about meal plans. Yeah. There's a the precision nutrition in particular is starting to steal away from meal plants just because they're not sustainable. Yes. Because yeah. I can give you a meal plan for a diabetic such as myself, but if you don't like half the food on it, you're not keeping it up. Absolutely. And so, or you get tired of, you know, being so structured and going to the grocery store and planning this whole thing out. On a Sunday, you have no idea what you're going to feel like eating come Thursday. And that's, you can stick with it for a while, but 
long term, they don't have a great. Well, system. part of their point is is that, and it's like, okay, I've had Kiona five times this week. I want something else now. Mm-hmm. Agree. I mean, yeah. yes, there there are these herb, these 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 uber dedicated health nut people, yes, who eat chicken breast for lunch every day for the rest of their lives, but most of us are not them. No, no, and that's. I like to have fun and I like to celebrate and to go out to dinner with friends. And that's part of what makes life fun. So my philosophy is just to give people strategies and loose structures to plan their meals around. Sure. So then they can be equipped to navigate social situations or not be bored with it. Well, like you said, we're, we're right here knocking on the door of the holidays. Given that, do you have, say, a tip or two? Yeah. People start trolling the parties about how they can they can have the fun and still yeah. not go crazy far off their diet. Yeah, absolutely. I have a couple of strategies I really like to focus on. One is hydration. Hydration is always important, but this is a time to double down on your water consumption. So, I mean, you know, everyone kind of has a different idea of how much water to consume. A good rule of thumb is half of your body weight and ounces a day. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you should be drinking roughly 100 ounces of water a day. So hydrating will be really helpful. Another one is to load up on protein. Protein is the most satiating micronutrient, macronutrient, I'm sorry. So if you have protein and healthy protein sources, animal or non-animal, depending upon your diet preference, that will help you stay full. I also encourage people to be picky about not every treat is worth it. Not every cookie you see is worth it. So if you go to a party, you kind of survey the scene, look around, drink some water first, and then look around and say, oh, maybe that glass of wine is worth the splurge for me and not the cookie or vice versa. So just kind of be a little pickier about what you consume. And then also focus on the other parts. Focus on the socializing. So focus on the connecting with other people. And not just the food. Those will help you just have a, you know, not get as far off track with your goals during the holidays. Sure. And even in or out of the holidays, one of the things that I tell people is look look at your diet like your checkbook. Yeah. Just like you have a budget for your money, you, and I'm, I'm not talking about hard limits necessarily or whatever, but have a rough idea in your head. Yeah. About how many carbs do you have left to consume for the rest of the day? And -hmm. it goes back to what you're saying as far as the wine and the cookie. Okay, well, maybe the wine has half the carbs of the cookie. So I can have more wine and less cookies. So just like you have to figure out how to divide up your money and make it to the end of the month, you need to look at, I don't want to use the word again because I don't really like the word diet. Mm -hmm. You have to look at your nutritional input as having the same kind of budget. Yeah. And just like you can go over budget with your money, you could go over budget on your carbs once in a while. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going over budget on your carbs every day, you got a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and another thing I encourage people to focus on is how you want to feel. And so by the time we get to be adults, we know which foods make us feel good and which ones don't make us feel good. So I always really focus on how do I want to feel? How do I want to show up and feel? So that helps guide my choices too of like, I want to feel good and full of energy and 
not feel sick. So I'm going to then make choices that will align with those goals. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about approach. You you talked about being an educator for, what was it, 16 years? Yes, yes. Talk a little bit. I mean, I know from your bio and from different things, but talk to our audience a little bit about how that background helps you because coaching, after all, is just another teaching position. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of teaching position, but it's still teaching. So give us a few minutes about how your prior experience in education helps you explain nutrition and such to, in your case, women. Oh, sure. So I know right now we have more information than we've ever had before. So yet people are unhealthier here than we've ever been before. So it's not a lack of information that people are struggling with. It's a lack of how to take all of this information and apply it to your everyday life in a sustainable way. So I really focus on helping people break it down step by step in one small habit at a time. So when I start working with a client, we, you know, after surveying, then we kind of talk about, okay, what's your number one goal? And a lot of people have goals around food because food is a really challenging topic for a lot of people. So we start, start by focusing on helping them with the timing of their meals. Some people have a habit of eating constantly all day, which now we know is not good for your blood sugar. So then I help them learn, okay, meal timing. When is the best time for you to be consuming your meals that fits with your lifestyle? And then once we figure that out, then we talk about food choices. One has different foods that make them feel better. So we talk about food choices. And then within planning, I don't ever want to, like you said, give people a specific plan on this day for breakfast, you will have this oatmeal. You'll have this salad for lunch. I would instead, I'd give people a couple of choices. So for breakfast to say, I say a lot of times either a smoothie, but careful with smoothies because smoothies can also be a sugar bomb if not careful. A smoothie or a scramble or an oatmeal. So give kind of choices and like have a pick from there. And then you can mix and match different ingredients based on your preferences. Then for lunch, same type of idea. Say, okay, you either, on lunch, you kind of have a menu of things to choose from that you kind of keep it the same just for simplicity, but then you can mix and match all sorts of things, whether it be a salad, leftovers, stir fry, something just very simple with full, full of whole food ingredients, but that has wiggle room for to choice because people get bored of the same things. Same thing with dinner, again, like a loose structure, meals centered around a healthy protein choice, and lots of lots of vegetables. I always have them inc- include a healthy fat as well, just to help with satiety, and then kind of wiggle around from there. So, but I really break things down step by step and give them choices that are going to fit into their real life that they can do for the rest of their life. I don't ever want people to have a mindset of like, well, I'm going to work with you for 90 days. Then when our 90 days are over, I'm finished and then I'll go back to my ways because then that's not a success for me. I want to empower people to have tools that are going to last for their life. Like when I teach children to read, I teach them to read for the rest of their life. So my approach to health is the same way. I want to teach people to have healthy habits for the rest of their life. But I know that it's hard and I know habit change is really where it's at is breaking it down into small, manageable habits and then building those on top of each other. 
I also feel like I've been there before. I've not always been very healthy. I've, but for the past 10 years, I've lived a really healthy life. So I know what it takes and how to get there. But I also know the challenges that we all face. There's lots of different things coming at you all the time that make it hard to live a healthy life. But it's worth the hard work because your health is the most important thing you have. So it's worth the work. Absolutely. Let's get into something a little less basic, I guess. What about somebody like myself, for instance, who have what we professionals would call comorbid conditions? In mm-hmm. my case, I'm a diabetic, but I'm also a heart patient, mm-hmm. which from a nutrition aspect is a little tricky sometimes because what's good for my diabetes is not necessarily good for my heart condition. And what's good for my heart condition is not necessarily good yeah. for my diabetes. So yeah. it's like, okay, guys, where's the compromise? <laughs> yeah. Well, so in a case like that, I always, obviously, I'm not a medical doctor and I will never pretend to be nor offer any medical advice. So I always defer to, you know, have your doctor tell you kind of what you need to follow. And then where I come into play is that I'm going to help you follow their advice and make it fit into your lifestyle. Because oftentimes you'll go to your doctor and they'll tell you, you need to be eating this specific things or have this but then they don't give you the tools to make it fit into your lifestyle. So like I said, I always let the medical professionals do their job that they're very highly trained to do. And then where I help is with the lifestyle, fitting it in and the behavior change. So like I said, I always follow the doctors, whatever their, you know, parameters are. That's always what I go to. And it works best. My relationship, if we're working together with the, if I'm working with the physician, well, that works the best because then we can really make sure that people's, you know, their health needs are being met, but then they're given the tools when they're at home because, you know, you're only going to the doctor not that often, but we all know it's what happens at home when you're not at the doctor that has the biggest impact on your health. So it's, I can help those things at home based on whatever your doctor recommends. Absolutely. Do you as a wellness coach, do you get to work with people's doctors very often? Or is that something where it's done at a distance through the patient? Because I can see where some things get lost in translation uh-huh. sometimes too. It's coming more and more often that that does happen. I think doctors have really realized that there's just a disconnect between, again, they're excellent at diagnosing problems or giving, you know, very loose advice of, you need to lose weight or you need need to eat better. But then they know that doesn't help somebody when they go home. People need very concrete, tangible steps that they can use. So it's slowly happening more and more that they're realizing that, hey, we have better outcomes when we provide support to our patients or giving them tools and someone who can help with the behavior change and the lifestyle change. So it's becoming more and more common, especially if you are Working with a functional medicine doctor or someone who is a little more interested in the holistic and the whole picture, it's becoming more prevalent, which I love to see. Speaking of the whole picture, let's talk a little bit more about things like exercise Uh. or a related issue is mobility. Mm. I, Mm -hmm. I use myself as an example a lot. As a diabetic, I know that my nutrition and my activity level are pretty much in lockstep. Mm-hmm. If I if I 
if I'm very active, like I have been at some times in my life, then some of the nutrition rules that I look at as a diabetic are not as hard and fast. Mm-hmm. Or even if you're trying to lose weight, for instance, mm-hmm. weight, weight, what a lot of people don't understand about weight, absent some of the endocrine type considerations like lipton ex- resistance and whatnot, is a simple math problem. Mm-hmm. Are you taking in more calories than you burn on a daily basis? Or are you taking in less calories than you burn on a daily basis? Yeah. If you're taking in less calories than you burn on a daily basis and you're still gaining weight, then we have to look at something like leptinic resistance. On the other hand, if you're taking in more calories than you're burning, then maybe you need either less calories or you need to make your lifestyle more active, mm-hmm. even if it's a walk around the block in the evening. Yeah. Well, and exercise is a huge part of what I of my program. I am an avid runner. I exercise every day. It's my mental health. It's very cheap therapy for me. But I always meet my clients where they are. I don't expect everyone to be a runner. I don't. That's not a good goal for everyone. That's not what everyone wants. But moving your body daily is a non-negotiable for me because I know one, it helps with every other process. It helps with stress management. It helps with sleep. It helps you know you manage your blood sugar better. It helps with everything. So I always meet my clients where they are. So if I have someone who's pretty sedentary, a good goal is just to have three, five to 10 minute walks per day, just to start with there. Especially after a meal, it helps with digestion, it helps with that. So we start small. Eventually we get up to having a combination of some cardio, whether, like I said, I don't care what it is, whether it's walking, running, cycling, anything that gets your heart going and some resistance training. But it doesn't have to be complicated with the way, I mean, on YouTube, you can Google, look up any exercise activity you want. And there's so many amazing videos for free. So it's just a matter of building it into your and building up to it. Because oftentimes when people, you see it come January 1st, people start an exercise routine and they go from being completely sedentary to trying to run a 5K. That leads a lot of people to frustration and being not you know, keeping up with it. So I really want to meet people where they are and help them build it gradually. I also really talk about the importance of just that non-exercise movement throughout the day. So yes, it's important to spend your 30 minutes exercising, but it's also important to just incorporate more movement into your day. I know from COVID, I think people got really used to, you know, kind of doing as many things they could without getting out of the house and moving. And they've still kept those habits up. So I really encourage my clients to just move their bodies as much as they can, even if they don't feel it, actually, especially if they don't feel like they have the energy, because I know the more you move, the more energy it creates. And so that really will help with their energy levels, the more active they can be. I get that. Like, And I've tried to do that at least to an extent over my adult life. One of my favorite things is not parking right in front of the door of the store. Mm-hmm. People are like, people have this, I don't know that there's necessarily even a lot of empirical evidence behind it, but people have this idea in their head of 10,000 steps. Mm-hmm. And I run into people all the time. They're like, oh man, it's three in the afternoon. I don't near have my 10,000 steps. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm at 12 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I haven't even been trying. So I don't know yeah. what to tell you. 
Right. But it's common. And just think the way our modern lifestyle is set up, you know, most communities are not walkable. People have, you know, we have machines to do most of our work around the house for us. So it's just, you have to really be mindful of that to create more opportunities for movement throughout your day, whether it's pacing on the phone or instead of sending an email at work, go walk up to your colleague's desk or walking your dog or going grocery shopping and like you said, parking a little bit further away. But now so many people don't even go into the grocery store. They have their groceries no. brought up to them. We're, we're, uh, one of the things that those of us in the different parts of the nutrition in- industry, whether it be people that do podcasts like I do, coaches like yourself, et cetera, are fighting, is, especially through the pandemic, we're becoming very much a Mandarin society. For those that don't know, Mandarins are the Chinese People, you see the old pictures of with the, the fingernails that are like a foot and a half long and everything else, which which they did. Uh, most people don't realize the reason they grew their fingernails that long was to make it painfully obvious they did not work. Oh, I didn't realize they that. They put no effort at all into anything. Huh. And I think, I don't know that we have to go backwards necessarily, but I think we as a culture... Uh, because it's not equally true around the world, need to take a look at things like that, mm-hmm. particularly coming out of that pandemic and say, you know, am I pampering myself too much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, work's good for you. I mean, it's good for us. Just you I, have, know. I, have a, I have an easier time with that because I've always been a somewhat active person. In fact, I recently spent a month in the hospital, which included about three weeks on my, flat on my back, and it just about drove me crazy. Oh. Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, that was hard. They they finally let me up and walk around. They they're, they're, they're lucky they got me back in the in the in the room. I'm like down the hall. <laughs> yeah. They they're like, "Do you want to go walking?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, do I ever want to go walking? Are you kidding me?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, given the circumstances, it won't be easy, but I want to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's so important, but and I I being a teacher for so long, I watched just in the past 16 years I've taught just kids just level of activity has gone way down also and I think there's a lot of factors to play there I don't think COVID helped anything I think that technology usage is not helping them either but yeah it's hard to watch just how we've noticed kids just you know stamina or even their core strength part of their handwriting has gotten even sloppier due to the fact that their fine motor skills are impacted by their core strength. But if they're not out there running sure. and playing and doing things that kids should be doing, they don't build up those muscles and it impacts everything. Well, and that sets their at their habits and whatnot for adulthood too. So it uh-huh. just continues on. I, I know that's been coming for a while. Yes. It's been, God, 25, 30 years ago that I read the Riot Act to a member of our State Board of Education here in Texas because there for a while they did away with recess. Oh, that breaks my heart. And I, 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 I literally was standing in front of this woman go, what the blankety blank blank were you thinking? Yes. Have you not heard of the obesity epidemic? Right. And kids and adults, their brains function better when yes. you are moving. I know just for me, I have the best, most, you know, concentrated thinking when I'm either walking or running. When I'm moving, then I know my brain sure. works better. So you just, oh, that's hard to hear. Well, and from the mental health aspect of it, yeah. uh, I find that 
if I keep my mind active, I'm rarely bored. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's hard to describe to people because it's not just my mind is not bored, but my entire body is not bored. I'm not yeah. fidgeting. I'm not. So, yeah. so I, I, I almost need to, I don't know, a few months down the road or something, have you come back and just talk about the mind body connection. Oh, I would love to. We could, we could, we could do half hour on that alone. I would but, love uh, to. Well, and that's, that's a huge part of what I talk about is people's mindset and just, you know. How we're, uh, your mind we're is coming cool. to the end here momentarily okay. before we do and we run out of time are there one or two tips maybe that you want to leave people with that yeah. they can take out of this conversation and say okay i saw katie on this podcast and even just in half an hour she she, she made my life better <laughs> um, so i the biggest thing is that everyone has to put themselves in charge of their own health and their own happiness. So I really empower people to make the choice every day to do what's best to help them be healthy. And we all know what it is. It's so it's just finding that support and the ways you can do it because your life's, you know, so much better when you feel good and you can show up and do better. So one, empower yourself to be your biggest advocate and to really do the work every day. And two, you have to eat your vegetables. I mean, there's no way around it. The more vegetables you can incorporate into your life, the less you have room in your stomach for the unhealthy stuff. So instead of thinking about what you need to take out of your diet, think about what to put in. And I always start with putting in more vegetables. The more, the better. Find the ones you love and incorporate them at every single meal first. Then you can work on fine-tuning a whole lot of other things. Sure, absolutely. Wasn't Katie wonderful? And she had some great ideas and, and some great perspectives from for all of us on how to improve our nutrition and our overall health and happiness. Be sure and join us next time for another exciting episode of Crutchfield Cooks Podcast. You never know what we're going to have. <laughs>